0: Here on the Christine Apchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to the Christine Apchurch Show here on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. You might be listening live here, or you might be listening after the fact on one of the, I don't know, 50 different podcasts that sends up, or on christineupchurch.com. But whenever and wherever you're listening from, welcome. So glad you're joining us. And um, before I start talking about our fascinating guest today and starting that conversation, I want to thank the man behind the technology, you know, the man behind the curtain, uh, Mr. Benny Mathers, good morning. Benny. Oh well, thank you very much, Christine. Appreciate. It. I'll I'll give my own applause in here Yay. too. You know, every
1: <laughs> once in a while, I gotta provide it for myself. You know?
0: Isn't it interesting <laughs> the way um, we're raised to to be humble in a way where we don't appreciate ourselves? And I'm glad that y- you appreciate yourself.
1: Oh well, thank you very much, and I appreciate myself too. Uh, it's I think part of my sign. Uh-huh. It's hard for me to say thank you and to accept uh-huh. that, uh-huh. and it's true because uh-huh. I'm always the pleasing one. Of,
0: Giving. I'm right. a, a huge giver. You are a huge giver. And that's giver. all I do. and It just makes me happy. But it's it's still, I, I'm still battling with it. Right. It's still and, challenging. And really, to be in that flow, yeah. you have mm-hmm. to be able to receive as well as to give.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm working on it. That's and, why you're here. And, so I like lay down on my couch and be my shrink for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> just
0: well, we have another one who's know, very right? insightful <laughs> who's going to help us all. She helped me out too. Uh, I, the person I'm talking about is Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. She's a metaphysical healer chiropractor she's an international and inspirational speaker she's authored numerous books including promised by heaven which is a fascinating story the chakra fairies the pocket coach and she co-authored the recent number one bestseller bringing death to life Um, her latest book is called understanding is the new healing miraculous recoveries from physical and emotional trauma she lives and creates in ireland with her two daughters and uh We're very lucky to have her today. It's many hours ahead of of our time zone here, uh, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. Mary Helen, welcome.
2: I'm so excited. I'm, I'm laughing because y'all are talking about being able to receive and all that, and I'm listening to your description going, hey, she sounds awesome.
1: I know, right? <laughs> I want to get to know her, too. No, you. And
2: I'm like, hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Baby, I think... you better pull up your socks and get on that couch because we're ready to rock.
3: <laughs> it's funny. I forgot to wear socks
2: today, so
1: I guess I'm going to need a pair. I'm going to need a pair. Flip off your loafers there. <laughs> there you go. My flip-flops.
0: <laughs> so is that okay? So you're living in Ireland, and um, you know, your name sounds kind of Irish to me, and you've got a southern drawl, which I just love because I'm from Texas originally. Where are you from originally, Mary Helen? I am from Martinsville, Virginia. Oh, oh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains, fabulous! So, um, you have a fascinating story, and before we get into the details of this book, I want you to share with, your, with our listeners a little bit about your history from when you were a little kid and then what happened along the way, because you have some interesting stories about um, your relationship with your grandfather.
2: Yes, indeed. Indeed. But even before that, um, I'm the, I'm the fourth, I'm the youngest. And my father was a minister and a a football coach and a great, you know, mixture of all sorts of things. Uh And, um, When my mother was pregnant with me, they were called in, and she received quite a a grim prognosis um, because she had contracted rubella, German measles.
1: No, which is very dangerous when you're pregnant. As
2: as anybody would know, yeah, in that first trimester, that is bad news. And so basically they were prepped, and they were like, look, this is not going to go well. Plus, my mother was over 40. Mm -hmm. And so they were just like, just brace yourself, folks, because this is not going to be pretty. And so they... They were like, all right, you know, and they just dealt with it. Well, my dad being a, a you know, he was a, a Christian minister. Now, I think we were, we were raised Southern Baptist, but uh-huh. he would have just fallen into more Christian minister. And funny to have grown up in the Bible Belt, he wasn't really a holy roller. He was a, a much more of a motivational speaker. Interesting. So his congregations were always full, and he, you know, he had his own radio show and all, and people loved listening to him because, he was a football coach,
3: and mm-hmm. so all of
2: his analogies were sports-related.
0: Right. So which... he
2: had these fantastic um, stories where he could relate kind of biblical para- parables and all, and people just really, you know, nobody was snoozing during his sermon. Uh-huh. And he had a very um, interesting, what he called celestial event,
1: hmm.
2: um, where he had... A being, and he said being, he did not say angel because oh, it didn't have wings.
1: Right.
2: A being came to him very clearly, and this was not. This was the first time this had ever happened, um, and said, not only is your daughter going to be okay, but she's going to come in with some unusual abilities,
1: mm. and
2: you're going to need to learn how to deal with that. And so this is where my first book, Promised by Heaven, that's where the term promised came from because that's what oh. he always called me when I was small. Right. Um, he was promised on that visit that everything was going to be okay, uh-huh. and so sure enough, you know, I was born. Um, you know, as to whether I'm normal or not, that's debatable. But um, as far as the standard boxes that you want to tick when the baby arrives, right. I was good. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And so that's when it kind of started, and you know, they were their eyes were open from that stage forward. And then, then we get to a couple of years down the line where. I'm called into the kitchen. I'm sat down at the kitchen table, and my dad just looks frazzled at this stage. And Mm -hmm. he said, Sugar, with that deep southern accent,
1: Uh
2: uh, Sugar, do you know what the difference is between alive and dead? And I said, what? Uh Do you know what it means for someone to be alive or someone to be dead? And I said, I'm not sure I understand. I'm only like three or four. Right, right. And... He said, "Somebody who's inside of a body and someone who's not." Mm-hmm. And the reason this conversation came to pass was because I was constantly telling them about my grandfather, um, Judge, and grandf- My grandfather, Judge, he was a surgeon um, from Kentucky. He was mm-hmm. my, that was my mother's father, and he was my my best pal um, from the time he. He's my first memory, really, of having a. a, a relationship other than my mother and father Uh um, that that was that close and they sat me down and they said um you know you're talking about judge all the time you're telling us these things that judge says and you know apparently they were accurate and Mm -hmm. historical things that i shouldn't have known well judge had been dead since i was one
1: wow and so
2: i remember that moment where i just it dropped on me like a ton of bricks because until then until somebody points it out to you Uh That's just normal, right? You know, that's just my world. I can see Judge, I can hear Judge, I can talk to Judge, I can do things with Judge. Uh-huh. I just Judge didn't have a body. So and so, did, did you? See, that's when they realized something's up.
0: So you you saw him. How did you perceive him through your vision?
2: Oh, he would sit and talk to me like a uh, you know. Now I can look back and go, yeah, I guess he was probably more um, ethereal, holographic looking. Yeah. But to me, looked that looked normal, right? Um, because I could see light and energy and auras and, and things. And so because that was a part of my normal vision, seeing somebody in that form was also part of my normal vision. Mm-hmm. So I never perceived that as being anything strange or weird.
0: Right. Okay, so you had your best pal who didn't happen to be in human form at the time. You find out at age three or four from your, your father that um, he wasn't in, in human form and therefore he was so-called dead. Um, right. Uh, what did you do with that? Did you just go
2: about life normally after that, or did you... Uh, well, you know, it's funny, because then I'm like, oh, okay, well, then I'm beginning to realize, you know, of course, remember, I'm around church, you know, and sure. my father's always doing funerals, and we're always talking about dead people. And we always, okay. always, every Sunday in the hospital, visiting people from the congregation, and uh-huh. you know, um, so this idea of dead early on for me, I think, was quite different, because from the way I would hear other people speak of it, it sounded like a final destination.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And, you know, it was a thing. You're dead. That means game over.
1: Right. But
2: for me, my perception and what I was saying was I was like, oh, okay, well, they're talking about so-and-so being dead, but I can see them standing right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can hear their voice. I'm like, so they're just, they've just changed. they are just transformed. Uh-huh. And so I think early, early on, I had a, a, a different relationship with death than most people.
0: Mm-hmm. so it's never
2: been scary for me it's just never it's just never been scary
0: so as a child um it, it sounds like you saw other people who had passed over and were no longer in human form um mm-hmm. and you had a, a relationship with your grandfather your maternal
2: grandfather um
0: how does that relationship continue today
2: it does it does. he's um he's been very much so a part of my life uh-huh. all the way through.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, after you know, we'll, we'll get onto the to my car accident right. um, following right. that car accident, then he really stepped it up. You know, it was it was more fun and educational um, as a child where he was kind of there kind of teaching me, showing me things mm-hmm. and all this, but then it got kind of serious after <laughs> after right. I had right. the car accident, and I had to actually come back and do some work right. And
0: we're going to talk about that accident and um your pathway to healing and to facilitating healing for others we're going to go to a quick break but stay tuned for more with mary helen hensley the vibration of change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming if you're like i am it can be rather elusive to get there but when you are in it you feel it down to your very core don't you And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change.
3: How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host, Sherry Clark, explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later.
0: I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Upturt Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. That's the wonderful Michael Tomlinson. You can find his music at michaeltomlinson.com. He's been a guest here before, and he's just an amazing musician with very positive, inspirational music. I'm so excited to have Dr. Mary Helen Hensley here. And Mary Helen, you were making reference to your car accident, which shifted things for you. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about um, what happened and how it sort of put you on a different path?
2: Absolutely. Um, Well, kind of long story short, you know, coming into the world and having these unusual abilities where I could see things, hear things, um, the prophetic dreams. I was Mm -hmm. the kid who always knew when somebody was going to die, which came in handy since my dad was doing the funeral. (laughs) Um, That's That's, right. I've written many a eulogy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen. If you don't have a sense of humor, give it up. When you live, when you're walking in these shoes, oh my god! Um, but one of the things that was happening was, by the time that I'd gotten to college, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're a, a surly 18 year old, and you, you know, I, at that stage, I had gone through an, an experience where I had been raped. I had a, a gang oh. rape situation, oh. and and even I at the time thought, you know, you're wildly calm about this Mm -hmm. and I think because I knew that I am not my body right it had a whole different definition for me Mm -hmm. so you know it sucked and I would not wish it on anybody and I wouldn't like to experience it particularly myself again but it really you know it defines me no more or less than sort of the spelling bee from seventh grade or Mm -hmm. you know any of the other many experiences that I've had in my life I don't I really don't carry a charge with it at all. Isn't that um,
0: interesting? So it's something that happened, but it it didn't in any way define you or your woundedness.
2: No, and yeah, I, and I and I can recognize that that's very strange because I've, you know obviously many years of working as a healer, and I've worked with so many people who've who've been through this kind of scenario, uh-huh. um, and I see how horribly damaging and painful it has been for them. And you know sometimes you step back and you look, and I'm like, man, I didn't get any of that. I'm just it, I'm incredibly fortunate that way. But at the same time, I had that kind of background feeling of knowing that the body was simply the way I was traveling through and that nobody could really harm who I really am. Mm. And um, so I was I was very blessed in that situation. But having just come off the back of that, um, you know, I get off to college because that happened right before I went to college. Mm. So mm. I went through my wild phase. You know, it, I was let off the hook. Remember, I was a preacher's daughter. <laughs> so now I'm a preacher's daughter. I'm a preacher's daughter who's no longer a virgin. Uh-huh. ha!
1: Right. So That's I went
2: it. and had some fun, <laughs> and um, you know, I was a cheerleader in college and uh-huh. doing all these, you know, these great things. And the extent to how I, I was using my abilities, mm-hmm. um, we used to write down the scores of the basketball games, uh, you know, because I'd see them and I'd stick it in an envelope, put it in my underwear drawer. We'd go off cheer, everybody would come back to our room, beers mm-hmm. are cracking open, we'd open the envelope and everybody'd have a big laugh because I had predicted the basketball score oh wow and and that's that's a lot lot more difficult to predict than say a football score yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it was just so funny and you know there were things happening and i was having dreams but i was also an insomniac at that stage because now i was old enough that i had seen the deaths of not only people say in our community but people who were belonging to our family Mm. so it got a little creepy
1: right
2: you know um just because I think more more than anything, it was you know just the inevitable of knowing that people close to me would eventually die mm-hmm. and it was it was not the fear of death in any way shape or form, it was the I would miss their presence uh-huh. you know I'd miss their physical presence right um because I really knew the difference,
1: yeah, and
2: so I graduate from college, and in the South, mm-hmm. I don't know about the South where you were, but in the South where I was, if you were dating somebody in college, uh-huh. you were expected to marry them,
0: of course, yeah
2: when you got out you know so the china's picked and we got all the silverware and you know um i was dating somebody at that time and he was from charleston south carolina and Mm -hmm. so we moved to charleston and it was six months out of college and i was on my way to a work party because of course with my big fat degrees in communications and graphic design and Mm -hmm. i worked in college for ABC TV and oh, I was wow. all this. Well, I was mopping floors in a sign company oh, wow. because I had degrees but no experience. Yeah, <laughs> so,
1: yeah.
2: um, I was off to my Christmas party, mm-hmm. and I was wearing a T-shirt and shorts because it was hot. It was December fourteenth, 1991, mm-hmm. and I turned on to Highway 17, which is a major highway in Charleston, and um, I had been sitting for quite some time at a red light, and my light turned. And I went all the way across the traffic to turn left towards town. Uh And when I got to the last lane of traffic, I just happened to look left
1: because, remember,
2: I'm in the driver's side looking Mm -hmm. over. Yeah. And this car is hurtling towards me. Oh, no. And I just went, oh. And everything just stopped. It was like it just went, it crept along at a snail's pace. And I was sitting there, very conscious of the fact that I'd just frozen time.
1: Right. And, and, and I'm like, oh,
2: I can, I can make a choice here. I can either stay in my body and experience the impact, or I can leave. And it was, it was so normal. It was, it was. You know, there was this understanding in that moment that, uh-huh. oh, I've done this before. Right, right. So there was no fear whatsoever. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, well, you know. I think I'm going to take option B because mm-hmm. that's going to hurt. He's going really fast. Right, right. And so next thing I know, as soon as I was clear that I was going to be out of the body, mm-hmm. sure enough, I'm out of the body. Everything speeds up, and that car slams into my driver's side door, uh-huh. and um, I break my neck. My head goes through the window. Uh, oh. You know, there's all sorts, all sorts of stuff happened. And so I'm just watching from above. Watching the car spin through the intersection. Mm-hmm. I watched my head go through the window. I watched the car come to a standstill. You know, of course, it stopped all traffic. Now I'm watching people congregate. And you're not um, feeling any I pain.
0: See- is that right?
2: No. Okay. I tell you what I felt, Christine, in that moment, I went, oh, my gosh, because no matter how much I'd seen with my grandfather, uh-huh. how many kind of um, paranormal experiences I've had, there is still that human instinct in the back of your mind. What if you just cease to exist?
1: Mm, oh, right. You know, we
2: all have that. It's sure. just programmed in there.
1: Yeah, of course. Um,
0: it, it's it's like survival sort of thing. It it's is, just exactly. It's in our
2: bodies, yes. Exactly. So I am like, this is cr- incredible, because not only am I still alive and aware, but I know who I am. Mm. And that's what was so interesting. Um, as I exited the body, this is where the whole kind of vibration buzz began for mm. me. Um, there was this tone. And like I've lived in Ireland now for twenty years and I love a good traditional session. You know, I, uh-huh. I play the baron, which is the Irish drum, the round drum, and uh-huh. you know, you've got guitar players and fiddle players and, and tin whistle players and then you have my favorite instrument, the Ilian pipe. Ilian means elbow in Irish. I- and the Ilian pipes sound like a bagpipe. Okay. And so when they're when that guy's piping up and getting ready to play, there's this low drone, uh-huh. this kind of deep vibration. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what it sounded like. So when I was out of my body, it was like that lower vibration was in the background, and I was still connected to that body in some way because mm-hmm. I could still see everything that was happening. Um, I couldn't feel anything that was happening in that body that had just been smashed up, right. but I could see everything around and was still had that awareness. And so, all of a sudden, that vibration changes, and it becomes what I've always described as the music of the spheres—the most incredibly indescribable symphony of of frequencies and vibrations that you can imagine Uh um, that you just suddenly become. So this is where the tunnel experience happens, which I just didn't see. I was was there one minute looking at that, and then there was like the flash of light, and then I was somewhere else. Uh And when I landed into that space, I was completely engulfed by those frequencies, those feelings, those sounds, and it was just incredible.
0: So you had chosen in that moment, then that detached way to exit the body, and it sounds like you were glad you did.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, really, that would have, you know, if I was coming out and having the whole death experience anyway, I was oh. able to do it without feeling, you know, 75 miles an hour. That's, that's pretty harsh.
0: <laughs> 75 miles per hour. And,
2: wow. Yeah. And so, you know, there I am, and I'm in that space, and I'm suddenly aware uh, that I had recognized having done that before, which now this uh-huh. whole new concept is coming into Mary Helen, the preacher's daughter. Sure. Um, hang on. If I've done that before, that means I've lived before. Right. And, and, and certainly lived and not died. A concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's certainly not a concept that I was familiar with. Because, uh-huh. um, you know, they didn't teach that in our Sunday school. Right. And um, I'm like, what in the world's going on? And the other interesting thing is you can imagine growing up in the South in the Bible Belt and all who's supposed to be meeting you there. hmm Jesus. Jesus, of course. Well, there was no Jesus. Uh-huh. And, you know, all your dead relatives, nope, nobody was there. I was just sitting there floating in that space of just unconditional love. And, you know, it sounds so trite when you say it because it's always, that's a, those are the only words we have to describe it. Uh-huh. But it was just this thing that everything was okay. Yeah. Everything was okay, and it was home and familiar. And then as I was in that space, the vibration, that that pitch changed again. And next thing, the atmosphere right in front of me just started taking shape. Uh-huh. And so out of it stepped these two beings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking at them, um, you know, I don't know about you, but for me being 50 years old now and starting to uh, experience this whole menopause thing,
1: uh-huh.
2: um, it's that feeling of knowing that you should know somebody's name but it, and it's on the tip of your tongue, but you don't know it. Right. <laughs> And that's exactly what it felt like. Like, I know this. I know this
0: being, yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know you. I know I'm supposed to know who you are. Oh, my God. I'm so so much pressure. No. (laughs) It was, I just didn't know. And they sat patiently and just waited. Uh And then all of a sudden, the penny dropped. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was like the lights went on, and it was this reunion to beat all reunions. Um, Uh They just enveloped me and i went these are my guides oh uh-huh. my gosh i've got guides uh-huh. oh yeah i've got guides Right, your team, and suddenly your support that team. idea of it's impossible to be alone uh-huh. no matter how low or how dark we get and we can convince ourselves that we're separate from everything it's impossible they're always there Wow, this is and it was so wonderful
0: so we're going to go to another break but when we return um Clearly, you, have, you returned from that accident, and so we're going to find out how, why, and what that led you to. Stay tuned for the fascinating story and the wisdom from Dr. Mary Helen Hensley here in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, Don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
3: Calling all moms. It's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, and loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power at work, home, and play. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms, helping everyday women create extraordinary lives every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit VibrantPowerfulMoms.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404.
0: The vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Uh, If you want to share this after the fact, by next week it will be up on christineupchurch.com. And you can re-listen to it. You can can go back if you've missed something. Uh, Fascinating story today with the author of Understanding is the New Healing, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. Now, Mary Helen, before the break, you were talking about how you you know we're we're there you're making this choice you were having this this sense of of belonging you were home you felt love and now you're back again so um what happened to make you choose to
2: come back so there i was freshly dead
1: uh-huh.
2: and i love that my freshly is... dead <laughs> <laughs> my audience just freak out when i say that <laughs> there there i was it was a dark and stormy night and there i was freshly dead um so, during the course of that, you know, a, a lot of people who have, um, you know, I, I would speak a lot with, like, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Sure. And um, uh, I, I'm speaking with them in August, as a matter of fact, with uh, Dr. Evan Alexander and uh-huh. PMH Atwater, some of the great you know, researchers out there on, on near-death. Right. Um, and a lot of people will talk about their experience, and they're like, you know, I just saw, I saw the love and the light, which, in fairness, is really the, the most re- relevant thing. Uh-huh. Um, but I had such detailed uh, awareness of what happened, and so I learned a lot of things. I was told a lot of things because I think they, you know, they they knew that I would go back and write about these things. Uh-huh. So I was allowed to remember mm-hmm. a lot, and so many things were, you know, so contrary to what I'd been raised to believe, happens not just when you die, but happens when we're here. Right. You know, the the law laws of man. Yes. Um, you know, and that that the only certitude that's there is that. Love everyone means love everyone. Mm -hmm. There are no exceptions. Gosh darn it. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I'm in that space and I suddenly make the choice to come back. And Mm -hmm. this is where it gets really interesting because I have a very good friend, um, Peter Bedard, who lives in Los Angeles. And he wrote a fascinating book called Convergence Healing. And we often speak together because... We kind of come at it. He's he's very funny, and he's you know I'll call him my gay twin. He's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and but we share this story because our death stories are so similar. But the difference is, I was like super psyched to come back,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: Peter was livid.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I he was I hear absolutely
2: livid.
0: There are a lot of people who say they absolutely do not want to come back when they get there. Yes, because it, the contrast is so extreme.
2: It's so extreme. You know, and it was, it was such a big deal for him because, you know, he, he was a dancer. Uh Um, He had been, he shattered his legs Uh in his accident. And, you know, so not only is he coming back, you know, and the timing of it all and the world he was coming back into, he's a young gay man. He's, you know, like there were so many reasons not to come back.
1: Uh
2: And um, he felt very angry and very pushed, Uh you know, now he has come in his, maturity over the years to realize that nobody forced him to do anything, that mm-hmm. that was him. Right. Um, but he you know, he wrote about his journey about coming out of that deep, dark depression of, of landing back in here and going, you know, what the actual have I done? Uh,
1: uh-huh. And,
2: sure. you know, he gets back here. And so it's really great because we, we kind of present that dichotomy of dark and light when we speak together because, mm-hmm. for me, it was a polar opposite thing. I was all like, I, I guess I was in cheerleader mode.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I could not wait to get back. You know, because I'm just a, I got a big mouth anyway. I'm like, y'all, guess what I just saw? Right, right. <laughs> you wanted to bring guess the message. What? Yeah. And, um, you know, so I literally come crashing back into my body at breakneck speed. And um, I, I wake up being strapped to a board. You know, I'm in and out of consciousness. And uh-huh. next thing, I'm in the hospital. And when I, I came around again in there, um, I tried to sit up and... I didn't realize my neck was broken at the time, nor did they, because it was a Saturday and I just fell through the cracks. Mm-hmm. I was released from the hospital with a broken neck without
1: oh, um, my having been
2: x-rayed properly. It was just this crazy journey, though, that took me to the next step. It had to happen that way
1: uh-huh.
2: because it was my chiropractor who actually discovered all of these things mm-hmm. and, um, you know, had x-rayed and, and did extensive work and was able to piece together what had actually happened in my body. And mm-hmm. so... Um, not only was he kind of the saving grace in that moment, he also educated me every step of the way. Mm -hmm. But what had been very interesting was now dear grandfather judge had made an appearance and he says, you know, you've just gone through this trauma of dying and Mm -hmm. coming back. And he's like, guess what? You're going to chiropractic school. And I'm like, I barely knew what chiropractic was at that stage. Sure. And I'm like, I'm what? And he's like, you're going to chiropractic school and I'm like, uh, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, you're a surgeon. Uh-huh. Why am I, why am I not going to medical school? Right. And my first response really was, you know, uh, uh-uh. I just got out of four years of college mm-hmm. and I am not going back anywhere.
1: Right.
2: Um, but what he wanted me to learn was a vitalistic philosophy towards life. And where I went to school in South Carolina, which, uh, Sherman college of chiropractic, um, it was all about the mind-body-spirit connection. So it was Interesting. it was, yeah. making sure that the vehicle, the body, was in in proper alignment in mm-hmm. order to channel through whatever the soul who was driving the bus wanted to accomplish.
0: So it was a, a chiropractor school way yeah. ahead of its time.
2: Absolutely. Oh, boy, and boy, did they pay for it as well because it was a you know, very foreign concept, especially when you're fighting against the medical world. Uh-huh. Um, and... Uh, I, I then understood what it was that he was trying to, to get me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted me to see how the human body actually works, mm-hmm. how the spirit functions within the body, because what happened when I came back in, I knew the bar was going to be raised, and so they made that quite clear when I was on the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, if you choose to go back, we're going to be there, we're going to support you, but you're going to have some different abilities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, as the kid who grew up seeing the dead people sure. and having the dreams, I'm like, Okay, what kind of abilities are we talking about? Uh Right. (laughs) And all of a sudden I find I'm able to put my hands on somebody, and it's like watching a movie. Um, And so somebody could have trauma that took place when they were a child, Mm -hmm. and they might be suppressing that or not willing to talk about it or not, not connecting it to whatever is going on in present time. And I can touch them, and I see, or I can do it without touching as well, and I can just see this movie of what's, what's actually playing out uh-huh. and why they're ill or why they're, they're dealing with the emotional traumas that they are, depressed or suicidal or whatever.
0: So, uh, and let me you ask you you want to this. be able to touch people. So, if, if you can, can see this, um, why is it important to be able to be present with it, to be, to, to, to be able to see it and, and bear witness to it?
2: I guess because, you know, that's what, listen, when I called Benny first at the studio and he answered and I was like, hey, it's Mary Helen. And he was like, I don't think you're on the show. And I was like, and he was like, no, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. And then he was like, oh, and I'm like, that whole thing about being a doctor still cracks me up. Uh Like when I hear myself introduced that way, I just get, I get so tickled Uh because the reality of what I see me, I see I'm a window washer. i'm a window washer i am literally taking these abilities and skills that i have and i'm wiping a window clean but you have to see where it's dirty you have
0: to see what it where it's dirty then don't you
2: yes you've got to see where the dirt is and Uh so that's where the mind movies and the the impressions and the voices and all of that comes in handy because you know i can also call bs on somebody who has a ironclad story that they have sold themselves about their misery Uh um and I'm, you know, I've been told that I can be a little blunt <laughs> and, you know, it works in this uh-huh. job because right. when you're dealing with life and death situation, uh-huh. you know, it's like get off the fence, sunshine, you know, you're either going to do this or you're not. Uh-huh. And either one is okay, but you got to make a choice right? because the state that you're in right now is causing, causing this illness. And that's, what, that's basically what this illness is trying to teach you, you know, that you've called this in to bring your attention to something you either Mm -hmm. want to stay in this path or you want to learn what you what you needed to learn and get on with it Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: you know which to somebody who's dying of cancer they're like oh okay and i'm like come on get up let's do it yeah so
0: i i know that this goes well beyond the physical healings but can you just um mention you know one or two physical healings that you've seen within the context of your practice
2: oh my gosh um well, that's what the whole, that's what understanding is the new healing about. That's why I'm so excited about this book, because mm-hmm. when Promised by Heaven went to Simon and Schuster, it was actually chocked full of these stories, uh-huh. and they made the decision, the literary decision, that they wanted people to meet me and to learn about me, and so they took all of these stories out, and they made Promised by Heaven my story. Mm-hmm. And I get it, you know, from I, I I see what they were trying to do, but I was like chomping at the bit from the time that book came out in 2015 to get this new book done. Because these were the people's story. Right. And this was all of us. It's not just me and this, you know, okay, Okay. she miraculously survives death and and comes back in. And I'm like, we've all got that miracle. We've all got that story somewhere in us. Yeah. And I was dying to get these stories out. So that's what understanding is is the new healing is. It's actually those stories. Uh So, I mean, gosh. All right, let's take one cancer story, for instance. Okay. Um, I had a woman who came in, mother of four in her 30s, and um, she was in stage four cancer, breast uh, cancer. Uh. And so she came in, and she goes, look, my sister-in-law made me come here. I don't know what you think you can do
1: mm-hmm.
2: in an hour um, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I said, well, let's just see. And so up she gets on the table, and, of course, you know, I get to work, and I start. And I'm like, hmm, you know what, let's go back two years. And she goes, two years. Okay, two years, that's when I was diagnosed with cancer cancer Uh big whoop you know right and i'm like let's go back two and a half years when your husband first started his affair
1: Mm. and she went what (laughs)
2: and i'm like that's what your body said and she shot up off of that table and she was like how did you know that and i'm Uh like that's what you came here for and that's where it can come in handy because she was so skeptical and so kind of forlorn at that point that she needed some shock value (laughs) Uh sure (laughs) and so what the body said was that um, you know, I carried on with my spiel, and I went, you know, it must be absolutely horrendous for you. Here you are. You've got these four kids. You have stage four cancer. Your husband's out cheating on you. You're home doing everything all on your own. She goes, oh, no, 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 no. The minute I was diagnosed, all that stopped. <laughs> Jeez, beautiful. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there, you know, tapping my foot, arms uh, crossed, right, and right. waiting. <laughs> And then all of a sudden the light bulb goes click, yep. and there were some explicatives, and there was, you know, that kind of, <gasps> uh-huh. wait a minute, are you suggesting that I gave myself cancer? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's exactly what yeah. I'm suggesting. And she's getting and something out her of it. And a minute to digest yeah. it. Yeah. That's a hard one to get your head around. Yep. But she did, and once we made the connection, and once she was able to go in and let herself off the hook and realize, oh, my gosh, Cancer brought me to the exact point I wanted to be, which was the restoration of my family. Okay. And I said, why did you need to bring cancer in to do this? Why did you have to bring in such a heavy hitter? And she said, because I knew it was going on and I didn't say anything. I was afraid to lose him. Mm. I said, yeah. there's the prize. Yep. And so what three weeks later, mm-hmm. I see both of them in the shopping center, and she comes running full speed at me, screaming in the shopping center.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Guess what? Guess what? And I said, you're cancer-free? And she said, I'm cancer-free.
3: Oh, now, amazing. did I do
2: that? I don't know. It depends uh-huh. on what you want to call the healing. You know, right, I, right. all I did was connect the dot, wipe the window uh-huh. clean, and let her get down to business.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing story. We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible but I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
1: Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio, redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness,
2: and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death.
1: Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on transformationtalkradio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit angiecorbettkuyper.com.
0: That's StellarReflections.com. Welcome back to the Christine Uptrich Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. This hour is flying by, Mary Helen. And so before we go any further, because the stories are fascinating, and I want to get to at least one more story, how can people reach you and um, tell us a little bit about the services you offer and any workshops coming up?
2: Okay. Um, my website is um, Mary Helen Hensley. That's H E N S L E Y. Mary Helen Hensley com. So mm-hmm. simple as. And um, there's a a space on there where people can contact me. And uh, you know, people often ask, "Do I just do sessions here in Ireland?" No, I do Skype sessions all the time. Uh-huh. Um, so you just email that, and then um, one of my team will get back in touch. And um, yeah, so I am literally getting ready to launch. Understanding is the New Healing here in Ireland Uh this day week on next Friday um, because it is my 20th anniversary in Ireland. I landed here on the 4th of July in 1999. And then on the 7th of July, I opened my office, Uh and uh, I turned 50 this year, and I'm launching this new book, so we're having a big party.
0: That sounds
2: great. And so to anybody listening on on this side, it's in the Athlone Springs Hotel in Athlone at 7 p.m. on Friday, the 5th of July. And um, all that's up on my website as well. And um, I am then headed over to Virginia Beach, and I do a lot of work at the Edgar Sure, um, A.R.E. Yeah. And that's where I actually launched my very first book. I've launched a few books there. Uh And so I'm launching this one because it's like going home. And um, it was interesting because my grandfather judge actually worked with Edgar Casey. Oh, Um,
1: really?
2: Yeah. He was... um, he met him in Lexington, Kentucky, when when my grandfather realized that he had some unusual abilities himself. He yeah. actually went over to Lexington because this fellow was talking about, you know, these unusual abilities that he had. And mm-hmm. so my grandfather first met him then, and then when he went on to become a doctor and surgeon, um, Casey would often consult with people in the in the medical field. And um, so my dad or my grandfather would go um, down to Virginia Beach. So, uh-huh. yeah, I've got a really, you know, interesting tie to the place. So I'll be there, and then I'm doing my east coast tour i'll be in wilmington north carolina and um all that'll be up on my website as well wilmington and charleston and um then i'll be in la for a month oh, and great. uh i'll be launching there michael bernard beckwith mm-hmm. um from agape agape yep yep, yeah, agape and he was of course part of the secret and um he wrote the cover blurb and the the forward to uh to the books so i'm going to be going out there and doing my west coast launch um with him at agape uh-huh. and yeah. And he, um, and he praises your book highly. Uh, he, you know what? He's an old, an old star. He, he, he's a, a, a good, kind, and very funny human being, and that is just so important to me. <laughs> uh-huh,
0: right. Yes, I get that. <laughs> yeah. I get that. It's like turning spirituality and, and manifestation and healing into this heavy, very serious topic. It's like it, it's twisting it all around because that, that lightness of humor Actually helps the energy flow. It brings more light into us, and it it's uh, more in line with the the truth of how um, our human humanness is um, not all that serious.
2: Oh yeah, you'll love my new my new book that I'm writing at the moment. Well, I've got a couple on the go, um, which is called uh, Roo, Ditch the goo and find the you. <laughs> uh. And that's based on the last chapter in Understanding is a New Healing, which is called guru Because, uh-huh. uh, right. yeah. yeah, people love a guru. Yes, <laughs> people yes. love a guru. They yeah. love giving all that power away. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how people can get in touch. And, um, you know, we keep the, the website up to date. And, mm-hmm. you know, books are available there. And Understanding is a New Healing is available now on Amazon.
0: just shared a story about somebody who had stage four cancer who had developed it to serve a purpose on in, on some level and it was based on something that had happened fairly recently um, so in this book you share some wonderful stories about kind of surprising places of the origin of people's issue or problem mm-hmm. or illness um, can you tell us a little bit of you know Will I share retirement. one of my favorites? Yes, One please. of my favorites. Yes, please.
2: Okay. So I had been approached by a lady who, she'd been a, a patient of mine, and she had a daughter with an interesting scenario. And this, her daughter was um, in her 30s. She was a mother. Um, mm-hmm. Everything was going just fine. Loved yeah. her husband, deeply loved by her husband. Traveled, did all the, you know, all mm-hmm. the usual. And then one day she... She gets up and she takes the kids to school and realizes that she can't go past the gate.
1: Oh,
2: and then weird. over the course of the week, it progresses to she can't get out of the car. Uh-huh. And then she's parking in front of the shop where she can see the car so that if she needs to run and get into the car, she can get into the car.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then next thing she knows, she's homebound. Uh-huh. And this just happens out of nowhere. This is somebody who was perfectly, you know, normally well-adjusted to life and right. doing everything that everybody else does and then all of a sudden has this crippling agoraphobia.
1: Right.
2: And they had taken her everywhere and they said maybe it was postpartum depression, maybe it was, you know, they gave her every diagnosis on the sun, but mm-hmm. the long and the short of it was she was not getting better. Right. So um her mom scheduled her to come in with me and what an ordeal that was getting her in. Every mm-hmm. member of the family pulls up into the car they're in mm-hmm. the car and they surround her like this little circle and she's in the center of the circle with her family right. walking, you know, in little baby steps towards the door, uh-huh. surrounding her completely, because it was the first time she'd been out of the house
0: in and two years. we've got a minute to wrap this up.
2: Okay. okay. So she gets in. I go through the process with her. It turns out that she had been um, stabbed in England, late 1800s. She had been actually the first victim of Jack the Ripper, and wow. not ones that had been recognized, ones a one that was later discovered was technically the first victim. And so once we uncovered that and we unlocked that whole thing, she walks out my front door like an hour and a half later, not even realizing what she's done. Her, mm-hmm. her family's sitting in the car with their jaws on the floor because she's walking out and she's waving, gives me a hug, goodbye, and has no clue that she's now walking down the sidewalk by herself. It was just gone. Mm-hmm. It was going in. You connect the dots. You make that distinction. You see that past life connection. You know. You raise the vibration on it, and boom, it's gone.
0: Interesting. So, so um, it's, that's, it's that's almost that was like one a, of my
2: favorite thing. It,
0: it's almost like it's. Uh, it needs to be observed on a on a like a, on a deep vibrational level in order to be released.
2: Mm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: This has been a fascinating conversation, Mary Helen, and the shortest uh, hour of my life. Oh. Uh, Well, I wish I had another hour. I say that often, but um, it would be nice to have a two-hour show or, you know, three hours or whatever. Um, Anyway, I want to mention that um, to our listeners, the book is called Understanding is the New Healing. And that story that just got recounted in a very brief manner is fascinating to read in detail about how you come up with this information and you go and you validate it. Um, Also, Mary Helen Hensley, H-E-N-S-L-E-Y.com. Um, Mary Helen, thank you so much for joining us here today.
2: My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And to your, um, to your tech god, Benny, thank you
0: so oh, much for making it you You're sweet. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And I also wanted to mention that um, I'm a contributing author to a book that's coming out July 16th. If you get onto Amazon and put in Christine Upchurch as author, you will find your way to it. And um, it will be on my website next week. And I want to thank you for joining us here today, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.